Thank you, Lord. We're turning your Bibles to Mark chapter 9, verse 8 to go over today. I'm going to get this in you today. Hallelujah. We are a teaching ministry. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then every now and then I throw in the preachers, Minister Abbott and Minister Walker. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. We've been talking about believing is a gift from God. <clears throat> Say believing is a gift from God. Here in our scripture text it says, Mark 9, 23, it says, Jesus said unto them, If thou canst what? Believe. believe all things are possible to him that what? Believe. That believeth. In other words, God is working on our believer. Amen. Amen? Because there's so much, there's so much he's trying to get to us, but he has to get you to believe in order to get it to you. Come on, are you with me out here? And you have a lot of times people say they believe it, but they don't really believe. Turn to John chapter 12, verse 34. Let's get into this. John chapter 12, verse 34. Once again, in this account, Jesus, you know, certain Greeks had came and they wanted to see Jesus. And they came to Philip questioning an audience with Jesus. And Philip and Andrew, they go and tell Jesus. And while they're telling Jesus, out the clear blue sky, Jesus starts talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. And the disciples, they're sitting there scratching their heads wondering, where did all this come from? All we said is some men want to see you. <laughs> Amen. So he starts talking about if a corn of wheat dies, it will bring forth much fruit. Then he says, if you love your life, lose it first. And if you hate your life in this world, you'll keep it and have eternal life. And they're saying all this because we asked one question? Come on, say amen. Then he talks about what he's about to go through, amen, on that cross at Calvary. And he says, Father, glorify your name. Then the father, with a booming voice, answers him so that all those around him could hear it. And see, they thought it was an angel speaking, amen. But Jesus said, once again, the reason you heard it, it wasn't for me, but for your sake. Then in verse 32 it says, And I, and if I be lifted up from the earth, will what? Draw all men unto me. This, he says, signifying what death he should die. And the people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How saith thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is a light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goes. He says, While you have light, do what? Do what? Believe in the light. Tell your neighbor, believe in the light. Why? Because he said that you may be children of light. It says, These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. Once again, Jesus letting us, let us know believing is involved. Amen. Believing is involved. Verse 37, but though he had done so many what? Now look at this now, once again. Though he had done so many what? Miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. In other words, they seen him open blind eyes. They seen the deaf hear again. They even seen him raise the dead. All these miracles they witnessed, but it says, yet they believed not on him. 
Do you mean to tell me that people can see all these miracles, miracle after miracle after miracle, and still not believe on Jesus? And once again, once again, I, like I said last week, let's explain some things <laughs> we see in the churches today. God will show up Sunday after Sunday. The anointing of God will be here to heal, deliver, set free. Come on, say amen, somebody. And people will get healed. People have got healed. Come on, we've had testimony after testimony in, in, in this church. Come on. What happened while they were in the service? But yet, people won't come to church the next Sunday. Oh, come on. And this explains something, maybe not all, but explains something. Because why? It says, even though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they didn't believe. So miracles don't always equate into believing. Say it again. Miracles don't always equate into what? Believing. He goes on to say in verse 38 that the saying of Isaiah the prophets might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who has believed thy report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe because therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their what? Hardened their what? Hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be what? Converted, that I should heal them. They see it right before their eyes, but they can't believe it. Why? Because they have hardened their heart towards the Word of God. They've hardened their heart towards Jesus. And maybe they, have, they feel that they have a right to harden their heart because maybe it's because of past experiences in church. Maybe because past experiences with church folk. Come on. Maybe because they haven't seen church folk truly believe what they're trying to get them to believe. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. A lot of times they harden their heart when they see hypocrisy in the people in the church. Come on, I'm preaching good in here. Or maybe, maybe it's because all of the stuff. Turn that air conditioner off. Maybe it's because all of the stuff. They hear about preachers and the faith healers and all the negative stuff. For whatever reason, they can see it but yet not believe it because of the heart of their hard heart towards the things of God. And see, a hard heart is very dangerous. Somebody say it's very dangerous. Anybody remember Pharaoh? Come on, anybody remember Pharaoh? Come on, some of y'all watched the Prince of Egypt. Come on. Amen. <laughs> amen, amen. That wasn't a, a true rendition, but amen. They tried to be, get as close as they could. But look at Exodus 7-2. Here God is speaking to Moses. <clears throat> and it says, Thou shalt speak all that I what? Command thee. Exodus chapter 7, verse 2. It says, Thou shalt speak all that I what? Command thee. It says, Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh. That he send the children of Israel out what? Out of his land. Verse 3 says, But I will what? I will what? Harden Pharaoh's heart. And do what? Multiply my what? Signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But then in verse 4 it says, But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, 
that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth my what? Armies and my people, the children of Israel, out the land of Egypt by great what? Judgment. But why wouldn't Pharaoh hearken? Even though he's seen sign after sign, even though he's seen wonder after wonder, come on, he would not do what God told him to do, and that was what? To let my people go. But why wouldn't he listen? Because of the what? Because of the hardness of his heart. Because of the hardness of his, because of the hardness of his heart, he not only lost his firstborn, but he lost the firstborn of all his people in Egypt. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, a hard heart is very dangerous. Somebody say it's very dangerous. Listen, I don't care what kind of experience you had in church. I don't care what experience you had with church folk. Come on, say amen, somebody. I don't care what experience you have with the pastor or the leaders of the church. Don't harden your heart towards the things of God. Are you with me out here? It will cost you too much. The children of Israel did not go to the promised land because of the hardness of their heart. You have too much to lose to allow people and things to stop you from coming to hear about God. And you don't come to church for people anyway. You come to church to get the word of God. Yeah. You ain't got to talk to a soul. Come in and get the word out and go out the door. But come get your word. Instead, you sit up there, I don't like the way they sent me. I don't like the way they looked at me. They talked to me wrong. So I'm leaving the church. And you played right into the devil's hand because why? Now you're not receiving anything from God. Say amen, somebody. All right, I say amen myself then. Matthew chapter 13, verse 14. It's true anyway. Too many people have left churches because of people. Not realizing you didn't come to church for people. You didn't come to church for the pastor. You come to church for what's coming out of his mouth. That's coming from the word of God. Now, if you get up here talking about greens and hog malls and, and peas and rice, then you say, no, I got to receive that, even though it may make you hungry. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. You only receive what's coming according to the what? The word of God. Matthew 13, 14. Those are says here. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing you shall what? hear and shall not understand and seeing you shall see and shall not what perceive it says for this people's heart their what heart as wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed who closed it they closed their eyes then he says lest at any time they should what See with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted. Then he says, and I should what? Hear them. So what has to happen for me to believe? For me to believe, I have to do what? Open up my eyes, but not just my natural eyes. I have to open up my spiritual eyes. 
Come on, for me to believe, I have to what? Hear with not just my physical ears, but I got to hear with my spiritual ears. And I have to understand with my heart and allow a conversion to take place so that I can believe again. So that I can what? Believe again. Say this with me. Jesus, open up my eyes. Open up my ears. Jesus, help me understand with my heart not my mind, and convert me so that I can believe like you want me to believe. Come on, for somebody, he's trying to get you to believe again. Now, that word converted means to cause to return. It means to bring back to the love and the obedience of God. It means to turn oneself about, turn back, to return, turn back, come back. In other words, Lord, help me return to believing you again. Believe in the love that you have for me so that I can believe the unbelievable and receive the, un the impossible. Unless you believe again, like he says here, you cannot receive healing. Let me say it again. Unless you believe again, you cannot what? Receive healing. Let's go back to John 12, 41. Are you still with me out there? John chapter 12, verse 41. And it reads, These things saith, he says, when he saw his what? Glory and spake of him. He says, Nevertheless, verse 42, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many what? Believed on him. So some of them believed. But then something happened. It says, But because of the Pharisees, they did not what? Confess him, lest they should be what? Put out of church. <laughs> put out of the synagogue. Come on. They were afraid that they may be put out of the church. Verse 43 says they what? For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. That's a sad case. Come on. Look at Jesus' response. Once again, I don't believe he was very nice when he said this. I believe he was very angry because of the tone of his voice in this sentence. Amen? He was upset. It says in verse 44, Jesus did what? He didn't say calmly. He didn't calmly say, he that believeth on me, believeth not on No, he didn't say that. He cried and said, he that believeth on me. Believe it not on me, but on him that what? Sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that what? Sent me. He said, I am coming light into the world, and whosoever believeth on me should not abide what? In darkness. He said, Whoever, whosoever believeth on me should not what? Abide in darkness. Listen, he's talking about those that even though they believed, but yet they were in a closet about what they believed. They were closet Christians. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Come on. He said, come out of the dark and let people know who you are and what I did before your eyes. Come on, say amen, somebody. In other words, he's letting them know what you got to do. He said, get delivered from people. 
Tell your neighbor, get delivered from people. Tell somebody else, you need to get really get delivered from people. <laughs> Look at verse 47. He says, if any man hear my what? Words and do what? And do what? Believe not. He says, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. It said, he that rejected me and receiveth not my words has one that will judge him. And the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. He said, I'm not going to judge you, but there is someone that's going to judge you. There is someone that's going to judge you. One day you're going to stand before God and God's going to judge you for what he says and what you believed about his son. Come on. It says God himself is going to do what? He's going to do the judging. But what am I going to be judged about? I'm going to be judged about what I believe and what I was willing to confess before unbelievers. You must get to the point where your belief must be more interesting than what people think. Hear what I just said. See, when you believe, guess what? When you truly believe, it makes you more hungry for God. And it gives you new ways of thinking, and it gives you new ways of doing. When you what? When you what? Believe. And see, God is trying to get you to believe again. Believe that he is God. Believe that he, all things are possible with my God. Well, let's go back to Mark 9, 14. Let's get into the account that led up to our scripture text. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. Are you still with me out there? I said we got to go over a lot. Amen. Maybe I get it in all today. If not, tomorrow. Oh, not tomorrow. <laughs> well, Jesus spoke and they, they stayed all day, you know. I mean, Paul spoke from morning to night and nobody left. I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> Somebody thought, my man, I got my food on the stove. <laughs> Mark 9, 14, my belly growling right now. He's talking about all day. <laughs> Mark 9, 14. It says, when, his disciples, when he came to the disciples, he saw a what? Great multitude about them, and the scribes questioned with them. And straightway all the people, when they what, beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question you have with him? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. And whatsoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, and gnashes with his teeth, and pinnieth away. And I spake to your disciples, your leadership, your assistant pastors, <laughs> that they should cast him out, and they what? They could not. And he answered them and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer, with, suffer you? Bring him to me. Verse 20. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirits tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Now that's, that has to be a serious sight, you know. And he asked, him, asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? 
And he said, of a child. And oftentimes, it even cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And look at Jesus' response. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are what? Possible to him that what? Believe it. So Jesus asked him a question because what? In the eyes of this man, in the eyes of those standing around, this was an impossible situation. But Jesus is about to, he's about to show them the power of believing. Why? Listen, folks, you're going to encounter seemingly impossible situations. You're going to encounter seemingly impossible situations with your children, seemingly impossible situations with your marriage, seemingly impossible situations on your job, seemingly impossible situations with your finances. Come on, seemingly impossible situation with your physical body. But guess what? You have something on the inside of you that can change an impossible situation into a possible situation. What is it? The gift of believing. That's why Jesus tells us, man, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. To him, that what? What does Jesus have to get him to do before his son can be healed? He has to get this man to believe again. Why? Because think about it, folks. This man took his child to the disciples, and nothing happened when they ministered to him. Now, before they got to a son. These disciples were having success. You find out Jesus sent them out and they were healing people. They had signs and wonders operating in their ministry. But when they got to this boy, nothing happened. And now this man is crushed at this point. Why? Because his boy is still being tormented by this demon spirit. Come on. And some people have been there. You've been to meeting after meeting. You've had hands laid on you countless amount of times. But nothing happened. My husband is still acting crazy. My children are still acting crazy. I'm still broke. They just repossessed my car. This pain is still bothering me. I'm still dealing with the same thing over and over and over again. And see, when people don't see things happening in their lives, the first thing they do is they stop believing. I'm making sense to anybody in this room. And what they do is they put the responsibility on God. But as we see here, that's not the case because Jesus asked the man, do you believe? So it wasn't about what God could do. It wasn't about what God will do. It still boils down to you. Do you believe? Because why? All things are possible to him. To him. To him that what? Believeth. 
Look at verse 24. And straightway what? The father and child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help thou my what? I believe. He said, I believe, I believe, but if I'm lacking in the area of believing, please help me to believe. Why? Because I need a manifestation. I need my son healed. I need these demons to let my son alone. Come on. Is there anyone in this room in need of a manifestation of the power of God in a, in a seemingly impossible situation? Jesus is saying to you, believe again. And you'll see the power of God manifest in your life. And you, if, listen, if you have to be like this man and say, Lord, help me to get out of this unbelief. Help me believe to believe again. And see, one thing about it, see, the devil doesn't want you to hear this message. Because why? Because he's worked so hard to get you to stop believing. But I'm here to declare today that unbelief is gone. You're going to start believing again. Your believing is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Listen, whatever your faith or heart can believe, you're going to have it in 2016. Somebody say, I received that. Look at verse 25. And when Jesus saw the people came running together, he did what? He rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, do what? Come out of him. And enter him no more into him. And the spirit what? Cried. Rid him sore. Came out of him. And he was what? As one dead. Insomuch that many said, he is dead. What provoked the delivering power of God to show up in this man, this situation? His what? His what? His believing. But notice that demon spirit was angry. And it tried to kill that boy. Why? Because the father, the reason he was so angry, because the father activated the power of believing. Because, listen, even this could have rattled this man's belief. Because why? It looks like my son is dead. But guess what? He already said, I believe. He already said, Lord, help my what? Unbelief. And that's key because why? Because he said something. He what? He said something. See, at that point, he didn't care what it looked like. He said, I believe. Come on. It says, verse 27, and Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and did he what? He arose. He what? He what? You're about to see the impossible become a possibility because you're believing again. Let me say it again. You're about to see the impossible become a possibility because you are now believing again. Go to 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. And it says, listen to this now. Remember I said, 
key was he said something. He what? 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We have in the what? Same spirit of faith according as it is written. He says, I what? I believe and therefore I have what? Spoken. We also believe, therefore we what? Therefore we what? You have to start speaking what you believe. You have to start speaking what you believe. The Bible says in Matthew 12, 34, should be on the screen, you can turn there. He says, oh, you generation of vipers. Sometimes Jesus got kind of rude, you know. So how can you, being evil, speak good things? But then he says, for out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth is speaking. So believing has to be of the heart. Well, the question is, how do I get my heart to believe? That comes by what you continuously put in your heart. Look at verse 35. He said, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth what? Good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth what? Evil things. Now, treasure... Is where you store things that are valuable to you. And what you put in the treasury is what you get out of the treasury. See, understand this. Every doubt-filled word that comes out of your mouth is coming from something that you have already stored in your heart. Every word of unbelief came from something that you have already stored in your house, in your heart. Every cuss word come on, every cross thing that you already said to somebody, it didn't just come out as something that you already stored in your heart. A lot of people say, well, I didn't mean what I said. That ain't what the Bible said. You sit there and apologize all you want. He said out the abundance of the heart, your mouth just spoke. You can't cover it up now because you just showed me what's really in your heart, and it's something you've been storing. Oh, am I making sense to anybody in here? But on the other hand, every word of assurance it's coming from something that I have stored in my heart. Every word of belief is coming from something I what? I've stored in my heart. So I'm either putting good treasure in my heart or I'm putting what? Evil treasure in my what? Heart. Now, how I know what I stored in my heart is revealed when I open my mouth. So in order for me to believe like I want to believe, I have to make sure I store the right treasure in my heart. Does that make sense to anybody in this room? Why? So that I can speak what I believe and watch it come to pass. We'll look at verse 36. Look what he goes on to say. He said, but I say unto you that every what? Idle word that men shall speak, they shall what? Give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy for by thy 
words thou shalt be justified, and by your words you're going to be condemned. He said, by the words, by thy words. So I can't, believe, I can't be believing one thing and saying another. I can't believe I'm healed and keep saying I'm sick. I can't believe I'm delivered and keep talking about how shackled I am. I can't believe that I'm prosperous and keep talking like I'm broke. Come on. I can't believe my husband is going to change and keep talking about how no good he is. For what? Because that means I have stored the wrong treasure in my heart and it's coming out of my mouth. Come on. I said you have to speak what you believe, but you have to make sure what you're speaking is coming from the good treasure <laughs> of your what? Heart. Meaning it's coming from the word of God that you have stored in your heart. The word that you meditated on the word that you took hold on, and a word that you would not let go. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's good treasure. That's good treasure. And if you have good treasure stored in your heart, you will speak what you believe with results. You'll speak what you believe with power. But the heart and the mouth have to be engaged. Say it again. The heart and the mouth have to be engaged. That man said, I believe, and bam, manifestation came. Look at Romans 10.10. Are you still with me? You're not shut off yet. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. Once again, he says here, Romans 10.10, for with the what? Heart, man, what? Believeth unto what? Righteousness, and with the mouth, confessions made unto salvation, so what I believe in my heart is connected with, with the confession I'm making with my mouth. Say it again. What I believe in my heart is connected with the confession I'm making with my mouth. But my mouth is only going to speak out of the treasure of my heart. So I'm receiving what I'm believing, whether it's negative or positive. But in order for me to believe the right things, I have to do what? Store the right things. And because I have stored the right things, the right things will come out of my mouth. Does that make sense to anybody in this room? I believe that I receive, and I will receive what I believe when I speak. Say it again. I believe that I receive, and I'll receive what I believe when I speak. Turn to Matthew 9, 27. Come on, I said I got to get you to believe. No, I said that's what I said. <laughs> y'all doing good, y'all doing good, y'all doing good. <laughs> Matthew 9 27 can't have fun in church you shouldn't go to church we serve a happy God we serve a God that sits in heaven and laughs the Bible tells me 
Amen. He's not a stern, no, he's a happy guy. Amen. I'm pretty sure he's a, he, it's, when he sees some of the things you do, it's hilarious. <laughs> he said, look at him, look at him. They're so stupid. What they do? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't probably say that. But <laughs> I just told him. <laughs> Matthew 9, 27. And when Jesus departed thence, he said, two blind men followed him. Doing what? Crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to him, Notice what he said. He said to them, he asked them a question, Believe you that I'm able to do this? What's he doing? He wants to know what's in their heart. And he'll know what's in the heart by the answer that they give him. Well, how do we know that? How do we know what treasure did they put in their heart? Well, in verse 26, it says, And the fame hereof went abroad unto what? All the land. So everybody's heard about all the things Jesus did. I'm talking about in, cha in this chapter alone, he healed a, a sick man, a, a man sick of the palsy. In this chapter alone, he healed the woman with the issue of blood. In this chapter alone, he raised a young lady from the dead. So don't you think they meditated on the stories that they heard? Don't you think they, 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 they filled their hearts with treasures, with everything that they heard about him? And out of the good treasure of their heart, they said unto him, Yeah, Lord! The minute he got them to speak what they believe, out the treasure of their heart, it says, Then he touched their eyes. You know, as I just said. Then he what? Touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, he it unto you. According to your what? Faith. According to your what? Faith. See, you have to believe in your heart in order to, for faith to come. Amen. The minute they believed, faith came. And bam, their eyes were opened. Amen. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. Say, I believe. I believe. Come on, say, I believe. I believe. See, you strengthen what you believe by putting the right treasure in your heart. You have to feed, listen, you have to feed what you believe. That's what I just said. You have to feed what you believe. Look at Mark 5, 21. Come on, we're going through this. Mark 5, 21. Are you learning anything yet? It said, when Jesus passed over again by a ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea, and behold, there come up one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, everybody knows Jairus, right? By name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of what? Death. He said, I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be what? That she may be what? Healed, and she shall what? Live. What's he doing? He's saying what he believed. See, he believed if Jesus would just come lay hands on his daughter's daughter, that she would be healed and she would what? She would live. He believed this. And that's why he sought Jesus out. He believed it and he was saying what he what? Believed. Verse 24. And Jesus did what? 
went with them, and much people followed him and thrown him. And then it says, a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years. Now, this woman interrupted Jesus with her power of believing. And we know she received her healing, amen, was made whole. We know all that story. Now, while he was ministering to this woman, Jairus had to wait. Now, you know, if that was you, and it was a life and death situation with your child, come on, let's make it real. I mean, this is an emergency. Your child could die at any minute. Now, you got her in the boat, went all the way to Puerto Rico to get the doctor. Come on. And then when you get ready to get out the boat, come back to St. Thomas, somebody recognized the doctor and said, Doctor, can you help me? And he stops. And he helps this person. He not only helps this person, but he sits there and listens to this person's long testimony. Your skin would be crawling. Am I right or wrong? And see, Jairus had the power to have this woman stoned because he was a ruler of the synagogue. And she was unclean, and she wasn't supposed to be in public. Now, some of you would have said, hey, could somebody stone this woman so I can go on with my daughter? But listen to this. Then right after he finished with this woman, look at, look at the news that he gets. Verse 35. Look at this. After he finished talking to this woman, all this time wasted, he gets this news in verse 35. While he yet speak, talking about Jesus, talking to this woman, there came from the ruler of synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why trouble thou the master any further? What would you have done? You would have really had that woman stoned. Come on, don't be looking holy. You know. If you wouldn't, you would have threw the first stone. Come on. Because why? The devil would have put in your mind that she was the cause of your daughter's death. And all kind of things would be going through your mind of how he's going to kill this woman. All right, uh, I talk to the mothers. Mothers, you know what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> ain't nobody going to mess up your babies, right? But look at verse 36. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, the word that's what? What was happening? Somebody was trying to put an evil treasure in the heart of Jairus. So that he would say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing, therefore believe the wrong thing. You have to watch people. Let me say it again. You got to watch people. It says, as soon as he heard the word that was spoken to Jairus, he said to the ruler of synagogue, Jairus! Be not afraid. Do what? Only believe. See, y'all understand this. He said, be not afraid because why? Fear always attacks what you believe. 
That's why I say, Jesus first said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. Believe what? Believe what you placed in your heart when you first came to see me. Believe only, listen, only speak what you believe when you first came to me saying, I know, Jesus, if you come and lay hands on my daughter, she's going to be healed and she shall live. He said, only believe what you said. Don't believe anything else anybody else says. Only believe what you have already in your heart that you stored in your heart all ready. And in verse 37, he said, listen to this now. This is another key. He suffered no man to follow him, say Peter, James, John, and a brother James. What am I saying? Only surround yourself. Only surround yourself with people that can believe with you. You cannot surround yourself with negative people. Unbelieving people. People with doubt-filled words. God's speaking to somebody. Only surround yourself with people that can believe with you. Did you get that? Did you get that? Verse 38. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and see if the torment and them that wept and wailed greatly. And he said, he was coming and he said unto them, why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel was not dead, but what? Sleeping. And they did what? They laughed at him. But then he said, what? But when he put them all out. <laughs> Let's stop right here. Because sometimes you got to rid yourself of all unbelievers because the devil will use them to put the wrong thing in your heart to attack what you believe. So you got to rid yourself of all unbelievers because the devil will use them. Them not knowing. The devil will use them to put the wrong thing in your heart because why? He's attacking what you believe. So he taketh the father and the mother damsel and them that were with him and entered to where the damsel was lying. He took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai which is being interpreted damsel, I, I say unto do what? Arise. And straightway the damsel what? Arose and walked, for she was the age of 12 years old, and they were astonished with what? Great astonishment. What would have happened if Jairus would have allowed unbelief and doubt to get into his heart and come out of his mouth after they came and told him, his daughter was dead. Jesus couldn't have done anything. And he and his wife will be burying their daughter. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. But because he wouldn't stop believing, 
his daughter lived. And for you parents, as long as you don't stop believing, your children shall live. Say amen, somebody. Can you stand just a little more? Just a little more. Just a little more. Okay, John 20, 24. Because listen to me now. Our last point, if you can stand a little more. You have to believe beyond what you can see. That's why he gave you a gift. You have to believe beyond what you're able to see. John 20, verse 24 says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus. He was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. And he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, he declared, I will not believe. And this is where so many people are. So many people are. I'm talking about believers and unbelievers. They won't believe anything unless they see it with their own eyes. We already read sometimes they, they, when they do see it, they still don't believe it because of the hardness of their heart. And see, the believing we're talking about, that we're talking about today, is not natural believing. It's supernatural believing. Supernatural believing. Come on. Where I can believe what I don't see. I can believe what I don't see with my physical eyes. But it's just as real to me that I can see it. That I can hear it. That I can sense it. And it's real. That's the believing we're talking about here. Verse 26 says, And after eight days again the disciples were, with it, were, were within, and Thomas was with them, and then came Jesus, the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand. He said, go on, put your finger through the hole in my hand. Go ahead, take your hand and thrust it into my side. But then he says, and be not faithless. But what? Believe me. He's saying, listen, if you can't believe without seeing, you are faithless. can't believe without seeing you are what you have to believe in your heart in order to have faith folks and Thomas answered and said unto them oh my Lord my God and Jesus said unto him Thomas because thou hast seen me thou believed you ain't getting no rewards for that 
that you only believe because you see it? Real faith is I believe it before I see it. I don't have to see it to believe it. All I got to do is read it. <laughs> Look what he says here. He says, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet what? Believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of the disciples which not even written in the book. But he said, but these that are written, they're written that you might what? Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have what? Our life through his name. The word of God was written so you can put something in the treasure box of your believing and put it, to, put it into action by speaking what you believe. If you believe, God will get you what you need. Lift your hands and give God praise. If you believe, God will get you what you need. Father, we thank and we pray and we glorify you. We believe and we receive that word. Did anybody believe and receive that word? Hallelujah. 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 See, that's one of those words you need to listen to over and over and over and over again. Glory to your name. Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify you. While his bottom eyes close in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So God is speaking to some people in this room right now.